Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at earsports.com. I'm Mike Sazza welcoming in Chris Anderson. Chris, it's the start of the third week of spring football at West Virginia. I feel like with all the ticker tape and foam fingers around the Pushkar Center lately, we've kind of forgotten that there is an important spring going on. Six practices down, eight more to go, and then the spring game. But uh, a couple weeks left here and I think that this is the time that we circled as when we really start to see something tangible as far as developments, uh, maybe player experiments or player repositioning taking shape. Uh, really hasn't been that exotic or dramatic. A lot of it seems like it's gone as planned, but we are seeing some progress here. And just to begin, what have you noted? What do you expect as we we get close to the top of the hill in the middle of the week here? Yeah, this was that this middle portion was what we talked about last week about being so important. We've got a couple practices in of full pads. You're getting a lot of one on one work. You're starting to do some scrimmages. I believe you got to see uh, a good chunk of an actual 11 on 11 scrimmage on Saturday. Um, I don't know. What's really catching my attention? There's well, there's a couple of things, but like nothing again. What you said, what you say? Not too exotic. I think that's right. My my two things that are catching my attention are not too exotic either. Uh, uh, one is I'm very interested in all the things happening in the secondary. I think yeah. you're seeing a lot of movement. You're seeing a lot of new guys. Um, that that is what's most interesting to me. Um, the other, I guess, I'll ask you about in a minute, but it, it's I. Well, let's let's talk about it now because I want to feel I, I feel like you want to talk about secondary, so we'll go there when it's in just a second. But let's get this Fox Preston Fox talk out of the way. I mean, are we legitimately at the point where we need to discuss this? Listen, Bryce Ford Wheaton did not go on Saturday, and I don't think there's anything to that. And in fact, Brown huddled us, Neil Brown huddled us in the end zone before we were allowed to watch the practice and the scrimmage, and we went from like. 30 minutes, which is usually stretching in some special teams, to 75 minutes, which is, one, appreciated, uh, and two, pretty nice gesture. We can talk more about that. Uh, just a great 96 hours for Neil Brown. Um, eventful, I'd say. But he did say that a lot of the guys in green, are just they're just not going to do a lot with him. And it's Dante Stills, it's Taj Alston, it's... Um, I think Thornton was in green. Jalen Thornton was green in the number 90 jersey playing nose guard, which I noted. Um, and, yeah, Bryce Ford Wheaton was a guy. And he just said, like, we're just not going to do a lot of tackle stuff with these guys. They'll do drills. So that's one guy. But you got to have somebody out at the X. And that was Preston Fox. And as far as I'm concerned, like, the play of the scrimmage portion that we saw was, like, a 35-yard pass play on a second down. Like, you had to have something on this snap. And he was – they were on the boundary side of the field – which means they're on the right hash, basically. Fox is on the left against Andrew Wilson-Lamp, who's, who's man, he looks like he's going to be a tough one at corner because he's long and he's fast. He's got some twitch to him, too. But just using the field to their advantage, a perfect throw from Garrett Green. Um, just enough space. Fox makes a tough over-shoulder catch, gets his feet inbounds, and the next thing you know, they're like on the 28-yard line getting ready to kick a field goal. 
at the in like a two minute drill situation. That was a beautiful ball from Green. It was a great catch from Fox. And at that point, you're like, oh, Fox did it again. And everybody that we talked to, it's Brown, it's uh, Tony Washington, it's Graham Harrell. I keep mentioning him. And not the biggest, not the fastest, not the slipperiest, but does catch the football. And for two years, that's been a thing where if you could do it, you probably had a role in the offense here. So that's good. They need depth of that position outside because they moved Caden Prather to the right. Um, I, he's in the mix right now, and I don't know if, if Cortez Branham is going to be a guy that knocks him out of it or if Branham's just a guy who plays the Z on the right side. So I, I would say Fox right here is probably not going anywhere right now unless he develops a case of the drops or or does something that just hasn't happened so far. Yeah, that, I think that's where I was going here was this is not the first time we've heard his name. It's not the second. It's not the third. It's not even the fourth. I mean, we're we're in, was that was the sixth practice, and I feel like we've heard his name Almost every single time he was brought up as one of the top performers after the first couple practices, uh, again, on the third or fourth one. And then, you know, there was the one practice that I believe was only open for 30 minutes. And then, uh, you know, a lot of a, a lot of people came in from family members and stuff that that came in to watch the practice. And I had multiple messages about, quote, this Fox kid. Yes. Let me let me quote here. Fox is putting on a show. I don't even know him, but he's playing better than BFW, Bryce Ford Wheaton, right now. I mean, yeah, he was there. I was. Right? <laughs> I mean, again, it, you know, you take it for what it's worth. It's spring ball. It, it is what it is. It could be a day. It could be a play. A, a lot of people look good for a day or a play. But but this is consistently where we, we've heard Preston Fox's name for, for what, three, two, three weeks now? Mm-hmm. It's a guy that was that was probably going in that direction too. Like at this time last year, right? there's probably something here. We'll get him there one day, and it's going to be different for a person like him who comes to campus as a walk-on. They're not going to prioritize you, but when the time comes where there's nobody in front of you, they're going to give you a chance in the spring because they got to get stuff done. And he's responded, but to that, I just don't know where he would go right now. Like he's not going to take a back seat because they're not bringing in anybody. Like they got Jarrell Williams on the right side. Even if they bring Branham in, like he's not going to be. I mean, they are bringing Branham in, but even if they do and he's good, like he's not going to be so far ahead of Fox. So I just think it's a good story right now that, again, is we're seeing it happen, too. It's not I always say this, like, listen to like who's asked about stuff, but then who says stuff. Fox is a guy that they've said stuff about. He was asked about him once, but it was only because like he'd already been mentioned three or four times. And then when you see him, he makes plays like he doesn't drop the ball. He gets open. He fights underneath. And just again, I had to have a play in in a live two minute drill situation. They went to it, and it worked perfectly, too. So I think the quarterbacks have a real good feel for him. All three of the quarterbacks I've seen use him. Yeah. Do you think that was the best way to start off the podcast, talking about a, a walk-on receiver yeah. in spring football? Well, now, time capsule. This would be an amazing podcast in, like, September October, though, right? Yes, it would. So yes, yes, it would. Um, all right, you want to talk secondary right now? Yeah, I think, I think it's cool I, I mentioned on. it, and you you perked up there. So I think you, you have some thoughts. I think it's really cool what's going on. It's – it's different. They're going to be different no matter what because they lost so much. Corners, safeties, like everything is going to be different. Um, and you talked about the complete lack of experience they have before. Well, they can't create that. They have Charles Woods and they have some guys who just haven't played or haven't played the positions. But what they've done is they just put like tall, rangy guys in there who can run. Like they can really run. Like Marcus Floyd, Marcus Floyd. Why do I say Marcus every time? Yeah. Marcus Floyd can run. Like I've watched him do some stuff and 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 it's not – Defense drills, but some special team stuff. He's really smooth. He runs. McLaurin can really run. Mallinger can really run. Like you put every name 
uh, up on the board that's in that defensive backfield. And they're 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 runners. They can do stuff there. And they're all tall and long too. Like I, I wonder what's gonna happen with like Bin Wahad or Woodby this year. But they're playing corner right now. We're thinking, are they safeties? I don't know. Maybe they still may be. Who knows? But like they're getting corner reps right now. And again, they could be safeties in the future, but they'll have adequate coverage experience because they're doing a ton of man coverage now, too. And when you have length and you have speed like these guys have, I think that can make up for some things here, too. So talent over experience, that's what they're banking on right now, too. But just you watch them do stuff and it's just different. And, and having a guy like Malinger play the spear. He's kind of a big guy and he runs around and he's just you notice him too and then you can move around that cat a bunch in different spots you can move around your free in different spots and if you're moving burks around at free and you're moving um, uh, floyd around at kate at cat you've got guys who can just roam and do stuff and their corners are big and fast and strong like woods and, and wilson lamp just it's hard to understand what like when they say versatile and interchangeable is until you see them out there and they all kind of look the same and act the same and move the same. And you wonder why they couldn't just flip around and play the same positions. And, and you're starting to see that now. It's kind of fun to see um, the ideas that are spoken kind of take form on the field right now. And, and it just seems like what they've said is what you see. How big of an impact do you think? It, I mean, are we going to see that big of an impact when we have when there's new guys coming in? Because I think it, it, this with the secondary, and we've heard different things. You and I have heard different things about which positions are best for new guys and who can make how quickly you can make an impact depending on the position. So, do you think they like all these reps that these guys are getting in the secondary? Is that kind of locking them into a role this summer or, or this fall? Or do you think someone that's arriving this summer can pick it up that quickly and jump right in? I would think that a corner could come in just because I just I don't know what you're going to get out of Ben Wahad or would be. I just don't know yet. Or and, and again, the corner that comes in and plays, it might be Jacoby Spells. Don't forget him. I mean, that's their best guy in the recruiting class in the defensive backfield coming in. and He's not here yet. And he's going to play because he can run. He's a track guy. He's got pedigree, too. And and if you don't play a kid like that, you risk losing him. So if they they still have plans to get what they're saying is one back end and one cover defensive back, which means a safety in a corner. So it just depends on what they can do. But I would think that they, ha they I know they have more positions for cat free and spear, but I feel like they have more players too. Um, corner. I'm not as confident about just because it's wood. Fine. No worries there. Wilson lamp looks good. We'll see. Don't know. Would be Ben Wahad uh, Malachi Ruffins back there too. They just have a collection of players who just are, are newish and haven't done it yet. And, I would think that it's easier to skip line if you're a newcomer who has some experience, and especially if you've got some man-to-man -man experience under your belt. Moving up, uh, moving up on the defense, uh, you know, the different levels, linebacker and defensive line. Is, is there anything you can take? Because I know it was 11 on 11, but how much can you really take from this? Because it's not truly full contact. Uh, yeah. Kind of is, but what are, you, what are you able to take from what you've seen so far? They rolled a bunch of different defensive line combinations in because they, again, it's, it's what they're kind of doing, obviously. But I, I think a guy who's going to be really important, and I noticed it because he wasn't out there, is um, is going to be Hammond Russell. And Jordan Jefferson, I think you could probably exhale about. He's He physically is okay. and But he's more like Russell, or Russell's more like him than any other tandem they have. And what I mean by that is like that inside position that's obviously you know underscored right now. If you put like Vesterin in and Thornton in there, they're more like each other 
then one of them would be like Jefferson or one of them would be like Russell. And why does that tandem matter? Because they want to be bigger up front on the defensive line. And if you have like two or three big noses who can do it, it's easier to do that. And again, nose um, is, is not really a nose, but you get my point. Like Jefferson and Russell are bigger guys who are going to play that inside technique. Whereas a Vesteranen, a uh, Thornton, or, or somebody else that's a little bit smaller, a little bit quicker is going to play that inside spot differently. So I don't think they're quite where they want to be, but they also can't be because they don't have Vesteranen right now. We didn't see Russell the other day. And those are going to be inside guys who get reps and do some things too. Uh, I think uh, Zyke Lawton has probably impressed a little bit more than they expected. I don't know where they're going to put him. I saw him on, in the middle on some even front stuff they did around the goal line, which makes me think that, like, yeah, they're trying to get heavy there, but is he a part of some of their big defensive line stuff? That'll be interesting to me. The The depth of linebacker is just, uh, Frank, that's concerning right now. Koba and Bartlett, Dixon seem fine. Um, it's different when Linnell Carr is in there abandoned because he's just a different kind of a guy. Um, it's different when Caden Beiser's in there and then – uh, their backup will is, is just kind of like non-existent right now until X-Ray Lowe gets back. But they had Ja'Cory Hammond in playing Mike. And I don't know. I don't know what they have there, but like he really does have some blitz and some shake to him too. I'd never really seen him do anything before because he didn't play or practice last year, but he was in on some goal line stuff. And you're also realizing that that's like your number two Mike right now. Maybe it's Caden Beiser actually, but it's kind of how thin they are too. So I do think that probably is going to be filled by a transfer before too long. And almost certainly has to be a middle guy at this point, too, because Lowe comes back. I don't know what they're going to do about Mike unless they're okay developing and platooning behind Koba, um, some combination of Hammond and Beiser. Moving to the other side of the line, offensive line. Uh, anything you – I mean, you you laid out the the starting five um, that you saw at practice. Uh, obviously, Brandon Yates, I believe you said was – he, was he – not in green or was he just not out entirely? I Nothing. He was in gray shirt, blue shorts, didn't do anything. He went inside afterwards. Okay. Uh, but notably, Jaquay Hubbard at right tackle, or is that even notable? Because uh, am I just blowing smoke with the let's move Doug Nestor to right tackle thing and it's just never going to happen? Yeah, Nestor, full participant, played the right guard. That was not a day we saw that. Um, I think if they wanted to give Hubbard a, a long look at right tackle and they didn't that was fine so much so that their backup backup was Dylan Ray who's the guy they said is a year away from being close so it was clearly a day meant for Hubbard to be the right tackle what did he do with it haven't debriefed the coaches on that haven't heard them explain it but his thing is that they wanted to be strong at the point of attack and, and you know he could also play left tackle too so I think they have some they have some plan for him to be like their utility swing guys. He number six or seven right now. Yeah, I would think so. It's probably him and White as your six and seven, and that's a tackle and a guard who can play both ways. So um, that's a key part of this too, because you know White can play center as well. I'm not sure he's a number two center, but I'm not sure you know Tyler Connolly is a number two center either. So if White can do guard and tack or guard and center, because he was their number two center at some stage last season, and then Hubbard's your outside tackle for both sides. Well, now you've done more with less, and that's that's pretty good. Um, and you don't really have to worry about, oh, we got to obsess about an eighth guy. they got seven that they feel pretty good about right now, too. question is, like, what's the deal with the eights? We don't know. They said it wasn't serious. But I think they would like to have a day where they they really challenge Yates and Hubbard to go with each other and see how they respond. Like, listen, you guys are on the dot right now. This day is about you. May the best man win. See what happens. We didn't see that. doesn't mean that they won't see that. Uh, wide receiver, we kind of already talked about here, but 
running back. I th- I feel like based off of what I read from from your recap, that you've got to look at a few different guys, uh, maybe more so than you had in previous practices. Yeah, it's definitely Tony Mathis. Definitely mm-hmm. him. I think that that's one guy who is done what he's supposed to do and makes them feel better about a thing that they weren't they weren't positive I was going to turn out but like they they obviously had hopes for him this point last year and even in the fall and he got hurt and nothing he could do but he came back and tantalized and he said all right we'll feel better without Letty if Tony Mathis can be blank he probably is filled that blank after don't know Lynn J Dixon had some good runs inside to the outside they used Justin Johnson and some fun stuff and then I had a message after the practice that Jalen Anderson did really really well um, in the in the latter stages when they did some more live stuff too. I don't I don't think he's going anywhere. We just didn't see him a lot. Also, he was in a maroon jersey, which I'm not allowed to talk about what that means early on. He's now in a regular jersey now too, but he's moving in the right direction, let's say. Um there's different designations for jerseys and all that stuff, but like he's in an actual team jersey now. So that's good. That's a player they want to see prove it. And it sounds like he has academically, athletically too. It, but it's it's Mathis and then Again, it might be one of those things where where they are on the field, where they are in a game, and not just like it's third and seven, put in Justin Johnson, but like this team can't stop inside zone. We're going to run a lot of Mathis and, and Anderson. This team can't stop us outside. We're going to run, you know, Dixon outside and Johnson outside. That's a blessing if you can do that, too. Can the players accept that and move on? We'll see. But it's also up to players who can only run inside to learn to run outside and vice versa. And again, that's what you're trying to do here, too. They definitely designed days or even drills for inside zone or outside zone. We saw a lot of inside running. That's twice now I've seen a lot of inside running. But that's probably a point of emphasis for them, too, is that they haven't been great inside zone team. And they want to be an inside zone team because you can do so much if you're inside. If you're just always going outside, it's hard to scare and beat teams that way because they'll just outflank you. But if you can do both and if you can start inside, you're going to be good. And they they definitely have some options there because, again, Dixon's probably a smaller guy. He's got bursts. And if he finds one in, a way through the middle inside, he's going to get outside on you. All right. Now let's move to the most important position on the field. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, uh, Haley Miller has been there taking photos and videos for our site. And she has sent me a combined nine pictures and three videos of long snap, long mm-hmm. snapper, Austin Brinkman. Mm-hmm. I have to ask, did you pay her or did Austin Brinkman pay her? Cannot speak for Mr. Brinkman, but it was not me. Uh, boy, that 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 ball spins though when he lets it go. Uh, speaking of uh, the ball spinning off when you let it go, quarterback uh, rotation continues. Um, you saw some things. We've heard some things. What's the latest there, as best you can get? Um, heard that Crowder, like Anderson, played very well when we were not there in the second half, and then had some type of a crazy like. A, a run for a touchdown that was not like a, a random thing. It was, let's let's run a quarterback draw. What do you think? And it worked. And it stunned everybody, obviously. But, like, you do that because you want to see what he can do. And he did. And is he the runner of the three? You don't think so. But that's that was a that was a plot that made its way to me that I found interesting, too. Um, listen, Marquio's had trouble with um, turnovers so far. And we heard about a day where he threw a couple of interceptions on his day to go. It was his day to go again. Let's see. It would have been Saturday, right? Um, bad interception that we saw. But also apparently rebounded and played pretty well after that, too. So the things that we didn't see, do you believe it? I don't know. Um, did they huddle and say, man, so-and-so stunk when the media was here. Let's say good things about that person afterwards. I doubt that. But 
mistakes happen. And I think that he's a player who's prone to them now because everything is new. You hope at this point on, as we talked about, Chris, that once you get to the top of it and you start going downhill, things are easier. You don't hear about this or see this as much anymore. Um, Green looked great, though. Um, that's twice now that we've seen him, and I've, I've seen him at least, and he's looked pretty good. Um, and he made some great plays. He led the offense down the field. Um, he's throwing deep balls that are catchable, that are being caught, that are not getting into danger. And I think if we go back to the beginning of last week, maybe middle of last week when we talked to Brown, you know, he said that he was probably the most consistent. He didn't have the highest highs, but he didn't have the lowest lows either. He's right in the middle. He had the highest highs Saturday. He was throwing deep balls. He was getting the offense into scoring position and touchdowns and drills and in situations when he was supposed to do that. And again, I just I just think he's not going anywhere either. And, you know, we've seen days where he's supposed to stay in the pocket. We've seen days where he's uh, allowed to move around a little bit because the drills are what they're calling. I don't know if it's like the four plays they run or just suited for him those days or what, but the two times that we've really seen him stretched out, he's been good. And, you know, can he throw it over the middle? You know, in the pocket, short stuff, we'll see. I haven't seen a whole lot of tight end or intermediate stuff, too, but, you know, he he looked calm in two-minute drills, and he, he wasn't afraid to stretch the field. And if that was a coached-up thing for him, like, hey, produce some highs. We need to get some splash plays. Well, on his day, he did that. Like, he went out there and he threw some good deep balls and, and was able to move the offense and get them in a scoring position. I think that if you're asking me based on what I've seen, he's been the best quarterback the times that I've been out there. Well, we're going to take your word for it, Mike, and that's we're going to put that in stone, and that'll be it. Yeah, buy your jerseys. <laughs> uh, anything else you want to touch on from what you saw on Saturday before we wrap this up? No, you know, really good energy. And listen, it was probably a tough time, too, for them. I get that. But what changed? It's just the, you know, the guy wasn't there that hadn't been there. You've seen, like, pretty consistent – I don't know. I, I don't know how genuine it is, but I don't know how you fake it either. You know, like they they say the stuff about how everybody's in a good mood and this is like the most competitive and the most energy and most spirit they've had. And I haven't seen anything to to say that's not true. No fights, no fussing. Nobody's talking back to coaches. Nobody's getting yelled at or anything like that. Uh, it just seems like things are going smoothly. They have a lot of work they have to do. But the fact that it seems like these things aren't getting in the way or there aren't distractions, that seems good. And, and you don't hear a lot about bad days or bad reps or bad periods. And I don't think it's because they're not focusing on it. I just think that, you know, they've made this digestible for the players and they're progressing, especially on offense. So and we talked about this before, too, like their plan was set up to work. Like you're putting in a new offense. Guys are going to lean in and pay attention whether they're old or new. They're older on offense. Spring football might be blah. If you're on offense and you've been around for a while, but when you're doing something new, hey, you're going to invest. And then on defense, you know, they are young, but they're also old in some some good spots. They're trying some stuff. They're experimenting. They're having, you know, some ingenuity at work. And I think if you're old or new, you're going to lean into that, too. And and the continuation of that is that I think what you, you would hope for has continued and that the, these are being productive workouts for them. And they're much further ahead after you know, by the time you hear this, probably seven of these, and they were after one or two, which is the point. Well, later today, we're going to get access to, what is it, assistant coaches or players today? I'm not sure how the schedule goes now. It's supposed to be Neil Brown today, but since he talked to us unexpectedly and then um, uh, replanned, uh, rescheduled um, his his availability on Saturday, we weren't supposed to talk to him Thursday or Saturday last week. Got him twice. Um, I imagine that they'll probably flip that and we'll get players on Tuesday. Oh, excuse me, today, a couple hours from now. Yeah. Well, plenty to say, I'm sure, from the developments over there. No matter who's talking, uh, we'll be back to report great enthusiasm and accuracy, one more than the other, I'm sure. (laughs) Anything on the site you need to promote, Chris? Uh, No, I mean, we'll get 
it, regular updates coming with visitors from the weekend. I, I got one planned each day this week, so you, you've seen them and we'll continue to see them. Uh, we're going to go over some talk about transfer possibilities for WVU football. And again, we'll continue on with our spring football coverage. I, I think that's, uh, as of now, at least as of the schedule currently, that's it for seeing in person until spring foot until the spring game. But we do get uh, the ability to speak with and interview and read stories about um, with the assistant coaches, players, and Neil Brown over the next couple of weeks leading up to the spring game. Yeah, I think that's why we got stretched out on Saturdays because that was the last time. And listen, there was some goodwill that was attainable there, and I think they pulled it off uh, splendidly too. So don't think we'll be back anytime soon, but don't think we can complain about getting um, more than double the time on Saturday. Don't but underestimate me, Mike. But I'll try. Yeah, we'll try. <laughs> Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. Don't hang up. Check out this word from one of our sponsors. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.